You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, April 20th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always, the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, or Off the Bench Baseball. Or maybe my more pop culture and entertainment slant of things at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Bloody Disgusting, and more, and many more, hopefully, to come. Of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, though, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres. Got all kind of good memes on there. Or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. That's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, where we've got all the memes and the dreams on there, some might say. And if you feel so inclined... Only if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very old best to get uh, to get back to you on them, and maybe even get back to you on them in terms of right here on the show. Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. And we got a fun one today. We're talking about last night's game. First of all, going to give my quick thoughts on another great Musgrove start that unfortunately resulted in a Padres loss. And then going to be talking with Jake Mastriani in a first of two parts, uh, a crossover with Locked On Brewers to talk about the series and talk about all those guys that they got over there in Milwaukee. So... Let's not waste any time. Let's get right to it. Last night, the Padres lost to the Milwaukee Brewers in a first of a three-game set, 3-1. Three to one. It was Brandon Woodruff versus Joe Musgrove for Woodruff. He goes six innings, only allowing one run on one hit, walking three, striking out seven. Brandon Woodruff is very good. Very good. And I said this in my Locked On uh, video that, in fairness, the Padres' offense didn't do great tonight, but... This is a really good Milwaukee pitching staff, so it's not crazy. But I will say it was unfortunate that the Padres couldn't keep the momentum going from the first inning. You know, the Padres were making hard contact, getting his pitch count up. Machado, 110-mile-per-hour ground out. Hosmer, 109-mile-per-hour ground out. Even Tommy Pham hit a ball really hard, 107 miles per hour. But basically... um, the offense wasn't able to follow through for the rest of the game. They were only good at the beginning in getting to Woodruff. It looked like a Padres W, or at least a Padres maybe breakout offensive moment for them early on, but unfortunately it did not uh, amount to that. And it's especially unfortunate because they weren't able to hit those middle-inning reliever guys. You know Devin Williams and Josh Hader are studs, but some of those other guys, unfortunately, we weren't able to hit. And honestly, the perfect summation of tonight, and I said this in my Lockdown Now video that you guys could all check out and whatnot, the perfect summation of tonight's game was the inning in which um, Victor Caratini was able to get on base with a single. You know, bottom of the lineup type of hitter. Whenever that happens, you're feeling really good. And then Jorge Mateo, on a bunt attempt, pops out. It's like, really, you couldn't even get the bunt down? That sucked. And then Jerickson Profar proceeds to ground into a double play. Perfect summation of the night. Just Padres not executing. But I will say, do you got to give credit to the, the, the Brewers pitching? I don't want to make this out to be that the Padres were were, were losing to, you know, uh, Ian Kennedy, like they were getting killed by Ian Kennedy. No, this was just, it's a good pitching performance team, so we shouldn't be surprised by that. Um, but still, nevertheless, it was unfortunate, and it was, you know, a lot of guys still got to get going in, on this team. 
And the fact that they're ten and seven, despite having some really kind of lackadaisical offenses performances, Victor Caratini has kind of slowed down ever since you know starting off a little hot, coming up with some clutch hits at the beginning of the season. Fernando Tatis Jr. is batting one eighteen right now, which is I imagine going to go up. But basically, aside from two home runs on the season, he hasn't done much. He struck out in this one as well. Tommy Pham. Uh, he goes 0 for 2, drawing a walk, but then he gets caught stealing. Manny Machado 0 for 4. It just wasn't a great day for the offense. A lot of guys need to improve. But, like I said, still optimistic. You know, we still got some guys batting well. And I will say, though, one thing I said about uh, on Monday's podcast, Jake Cronenworth, who's batting 310 right now, he's the guy that I would expect to have a little bit of regression this week, especially with this Milwaukee pitching. But enough with Milwaukee because we're going to be talking about them uh, with Jake. I want to talk about jo- Joe Musgrove real quick. He gets the loss in this one, unfortunately, uh, which, by the way, is a good example of why wins and losses are stupid. He goes seven innings, allowing two runs on four hits, walking one, and striking out 13. Musgrove has now struck out 10 or more in four of his past six starts, including the no-hitter on April 9th uh, when he struck out 10 against the Rangers. And look, one thing I will say, uh, Brewers, again, we're going to talk about them in a little bit, but it's definitely a lineup that I expect. You know, Chris Paddock is going tonight. I'm hoping that he can take advantage of the fact that no Lorenzo Kane, no Christian Yelich, no Colton Wong makes this offense a lot less uh, intimidating, even though it wasn't necessarily super intimidating to begin with. So that might have contributed to Musgrove's uh, really great performance. He did give up two solo shots, and that's what can happen sometimes with that curveball, which he does tend to throw. You know, it hangs up in there a little bit, and they just absolutely bombed some of his pitches. But in general, what I find so impressive is we all talk about the curveball usage from Musgrove. It's a really great pitch of his, but the pitch that he used yet again the most was his slider and his cutter. And his slider, he threw 28 times, and he got whiffs on 14 of them. Very impressive. I do think that that has something to do with just really poor hitting by the Brewers batters. I don't know about you guys, but some of those pitches, I was just surprised. Buster got a strikeout with. I was like, all right, come on. What are you guys swinging at? You know what I mean? Like, it was, there was a couple of those. But even still, it's so awesome to see, like, just the variety of pitches. He even threw a sinker once. Only one time. But still, it's it's cool. And he threw the curveball 20 times. Change up 12. Forcing fastball 12. A really nice, steady variety of pitches is what makes me so excited about Musgrove and while every now and then people do hit him hard with those two solo shots I'm really confident that he's going to be something special for the rest of the year and the more that he keeps performing well the more I kind of regret almost uh, not making my bold prediction for this season which was going to be and I know I promise you guys I'm not being that sports host who's saying you know I was thinking of picking the winning team I was thinking of doing that I knew that Baylor was going to win the national title I knew Ohio State was going to get upset the first round I'm not trying to be like that but I genuinely was thinking of doing my bold prediction uh, video, which we all did here at Locked On, was going to be Joe Musgrove would be the second best pitcher on the Padres, and man, that would have been awesome. I wish I could reverse time and do that so I could get some of that social media clout that our friend uh, Sully of Locked On MLB got after he predicted the no-hitter, and I use predicted in quotes because he tweets that every day. That's part of the joke, right? But um, really uh, great stuff there from Musgrove. Very exciting. Bottom line, Padres starting pitching, some of the best in the league. To be uh, specific, their total earned run average is first in the league at 2.52. Batting average against is 195. That's second in the league. And walks plus hits per innings pitched is first place, 0.99 whip. Uh, Really, really good. Their slugging isn't very good. Their on-base percentage is good. Like I said, on-base. They haven't driven guys in. They're fourth in the league in on-base percentage. So that really kind of... um, summarizes it really well. 22nd in slugging, 17th in home runs. The offense has to improve, but take solace in this, guys. 
and the Padres starting pitching looks awesome so far. And keep in mind, we got to Nelson Lamette coming back for tomorrow's start against the Brewers, and they're going to be trotting out Adrian Hauser. So still a lot to be excited about. Not a great loss, but remember, I genuinely think good times are ahead. I really do. I think that guys are going to perform, and this pitching has been delightful. So guys, take solace in that. And with that said, that kind of does it for my opening recap here of today's podcast, guys. But before we continue on, I must talk to you about Tenten, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced. Great power comes with great responsibility, guys. Limited edition designs, and they're at fair price points. Ten Ten is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement. Mother's Day is simply a... Nice conversation piece. Whatever you want it to be, they're the perfect way to bring light into that special someone's life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. There was one ring that I saw, the ring from Platt Boutique. It's amazing. It's simple and clean. And vintage details, I must say. Vintage. That's the way I describe it. We all love the word vintage. Vintage is an, an elite word in the English lexicon. I must say, I I really wholeheartedly believe that. But seriously, guys, it would make the perfect gift. If you're on the hunt for that gift and unique ring that your special someone will treasure sure forever, uh, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. And now, guys, we have to pivot away from rings and stuff to talk about manly cars and all that, right, guys? Of course, I'm being ridiculous. Gender norms are stupid. Uh, RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and you can go to RockAuto.com to shop for all the auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They literally have everything, guys. Engine control modules, motor oil, new carpet, whatever whatever you need. Uh, they got it. Trust me. They really do. It's They've got a great catalog that's also really easy to navigate. You can see all the parts available for whatever vehicle that you want and whatever brand specifications and prices you prefer, and especially with that latter point. Best of all, prices are remarkably low at rockauto.com, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? I don't know, because you're a fool. But you guys aren't fools because you're listening to this podcast. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And now, guys, one last thing. The Lockdown Podcast Network is covering the NFL Draft Room from all angles. Catch up on the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 podcast presented by Odyssey. Follow Lockdown NFL Draft and the Draft Dudes podcast for the latest news. And stay tuned for more info about our live NFL Draft coverage. That's right. I might even stop by for that because I'm so curious about everything pertaining to this draft. Justin Fields is being robbed by the dumb media pundits and, and, and scouts out there. It's absolutely absurd. I can't wait to see what happens and what happens with, with my, my Chargers, who I'm a fan of. So, uh, guys, now we're going to get into this chat with Jake Mastriano of Locked On Brewers. It's part one of two chat. Let's kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. All right, everybody. As promised, as prophesized, I'm being joined by the host, the new, the new host of Locked On Brewers, Mr. Jake Mastriani. How are you doing, sir? Hey, Avi, thank you. I'm, I'm doing great and feeling, feeling good after uh, Monday's, Monday's game. So, yeah, coming <laughs> yeah, in we're feeling recording real good this, today. <laughs> we're recording this on a Tuesday morning. Um, last night was a, a very sad loss for our heroes, the Padres. But um, it was an interesting game, and we could definitely talk about that. But 
Uh, first of all, I just want to say, longtime listeners of the pod, uh, only the longest, longest time of listeners will know that you actually were one of my first guests on the show. You might have actually been my actual first guest. I'm going to go back. All the people, if they want to go back through the feed and see who was my first guest, it was maybe you were like Miller Thomas of Lockdown Diamondbacks. And then yeah. I remember when they announced, because we didn't have a Brewer show last year. Um, and then I remember when they announced you, and I was like, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> this is pretty crazy. Yeah, no, it was was pretty crazy. Yeah, back back then I was covering the Padres for for fan sided, doing a little bit of that, mm-hmm. and you had me on your show. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, really cool stuff. And now here you are. We're talking Brewers after they just beat the Padres. Um, so I guess let's just start with I guess let's start with your team. I guess in general, which is a team that um, I like. It's it's a good team for sure. It's a team that is definitely more known for its pitching. Corbin Birds is on fire. Brandon Woodruff last night was good. And in general, Brandon Woodruff is good. Um, I think Hauser is pretty good. Got some dynamite arms in the bullpen too. Um, but this is also an offense that isn't necessarily super effective. They are also missing some people. Yelich is out. Renzo Kane is out. Colton Wong is out. So it's definitely an interesting series from a pitching standpoint. I think that's what people are going to be looking forward to. But I guess what are your takeaways from last night's game and just going forward in this series? What's kind of like your your vibe on the Brewers right now? Let the Padres people know. Yeah, no. So it, it lined up great for the Brewers in this series that they get Woodruff and and Burns in games one and two. I mean, they're they're, they're two best starters. So obviously, going up a very good Padres team, you know, gives them a chance to you know at least win a game, which they already have, and now they have a mm-hmm. chance, chance potentially to take the series with Burns going on Tuesday. So I think it lined up well for them, especially with where their offense is, like you mentioned. You know, right now having what I consider their three top hitters. And, and Wong, Kane, and Yelich all out right now. You know they're relying on some guys to step up, and they got them from they got some big moments from some key guys, some guys that you don't normally expect it on Monday. I mean they got home runs from Tyrone Taylor, Billy McKinney, Luis mm-hmm. Arias, and then Arias leaves the game injured. So mm-hmm. um, this offense is just really banged up at the moment, and uh, they're looking for some players to step up. And luckily they got that on on Monday with those, those big home runs, but overall just mm-hmm. a really great pitched game in general. I mean, I, I really like Musgrove. I liked him in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I thought that was a good, you know, sneaky acquisition. Everybody talked about the Darvish and snail moves for the Padres, but I always thought that Musgrove one was going to be a really great one as well. He, he's looked really good this year, but yeah, great pitching matchup. Woodruff, he's always been one of my favorite pitchers and I'm glad to see him, uh, you know, kind of, putting it together again this year really he's already done it before but just kind of continuing that I thought he was he was great um on Monday but the, the the biggest issue for the Brewers right now really besides the injuries is that middle relief and last night mm-hmm. they got it done with JP Fireisen and Brent Suter and were able to get it to Hader and even Hader wasn't as sharp as he's been um last night on Monday night was able to get the job done so a really entertaining game. I don't think the Padres play any other type of game than just really entertaining games from from, <laughs> from some of the games I've watched of them this year. It seems like every game is a, a nail biter and really mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah, they like doing this, man. They like t- the difference is this year they're not winning all those games. But I will say from the Padres' behalf, and if anybody's freaking out, first of all, long season. I always say that it's, it's it has to be said though. Apparently, for some people. Right. Uh, Jake, you have to tell people like, yes, uh, after three games, I'm not concerned about Manny Machado. Like, it's OK. He's a star. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But um, in general, I will say that it's been it's been a lot more frustrating season for some people than the record suggests. Still 10 and seven. Like, that's still good. This isn't the Yankees. This isn't some other teams in the league that are really struggling right now. Like, 
the Padres are still fine. And if anything, it is, I'd say it's the starting pitching rotation has been basically just as good as advertised. They've only had really one bad start, in my opinion, and that was the the Snell start where he didn't make it out of an inning against friggin' Pittsburgh. Which I mean, I don't even. Hey, we just lost it. a series. We just lost a series to the Pirates, so you know you don't have to tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, th- well, there you go. That's what happens in baseball, right? Like, you know, and then Paddock, who goes tonight for tonight's game against Burns, is probably the game that a lot of people expect to lose. But hey, I mean, you never know. Uh, we were expected. We thought that Friday night's game against the Dodgers, which we ended up losing, we thought with Ryan Weather starting, we had no chance, and that game went to like thirteen extra innings. So you never know. But it is true. the The Padres rotation has been awesome this year. Um, Darvish, not the best opening day start, certainly not the best opening day start, but at times looks good. Second start much better. And then he has an excellent, just gamer type of start against the Dodgers. So he's rounding out Musgrove throws the no hitter. He's been a revelation and Snell a little bit up and down, but even still, even if he's not going super deep into games, aside from that Pittsburgh start, uh, still been very effective in those like five innings that he goes. So I'm not worried too much about him. And then you know, you still got you got Lamette coming back apparently this week. They're going to have him back for the Dodgers series, which concerns me because I just do not trust the Padres when it comes to any injuries literally ever. But um, bottom line is it's still starting pitching rotation has definitely been um, really, really good, which is something that I kind of expected to a degree. I thought that they really assembled a good um, thing. The, the key here is the offense, though. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hey, guys. BetOnline.com. AG. I talk about it a lot and for good reason. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. We got the NBA underway, obviously baseball is underway, and the NHL is in full swing. It's really good time to be a sports gambler, I guess you could say. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. That's right, not much in life is free, but this is, guys. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. But. Now I want to talk to you about how legit really is the Corbin Burns thing? Because Corbin Burns to me is this year's Shane Bieber. And I'm going to explain that to you by what I mean by that. I'm not talking about pitching style. I don't really know the specifics about Corbin Burns. That's what I want to hear from you about. But instead, it's this guy who you go into your fantasy draft, right? And you go into your fantasy draft and everyone's like, who's this Corbin? What? Okay, come on. I'm not drafting him over Steven Strasburg or just to name a name. Give me a break. Like he doesn't have the name brand value yet. And then like two or three weeks into the season, you're like, oh yeah, why were we overthinking this? This guy is going to be awesome. And that's what happened with Bieber last year where a lot of people come across Bieber and they're like, really? I mean, I know he had a good season, but like, really? We're really, is he really that good? And Corin Burns is this year's example of that. We're like, yeah, he really is that good. Cause I know one of your bold predictions was that you thought the, Bruce had two potential Cy Young guys on the on the starting rotation. How legit is Corbin Burns? Should the Padres, should the Fire Faithful homies be fearing him? Yeah, absolutely. You should. I mean, it, <laughs> it is it, it is legit. And it, I mean, if you you talk to Brewers fans before the season, I mean, everybody was riding the Corbin Burns hype yep. train over in, in Brewers Nation. So, um, you know, certainly Brewers fans believe in it. You know, I believe in it. The only thing that really held held him back nationally was he did it last year in a short sample size and everybody mm-hmm. needed to see it over a full season. And that's, that's still to be seen, right? I mean, he, mm-hmm. he hasn't done it over a full season. We need to see that. Um, but right now, you know, when he, he's fresh and he's on, 
I mean, he, he's virtually unhittable. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and I say that legitimately because nobody's hitting him this year. Uh, I mean, the cutter that he brought into his game last year was, you know, a game changer for lack of a better, better term there. I mean, he's throwing it at 96. He can, he can, you know, paint it on the corners, you know, throw it away, running away from righties, you know, bring it in on lefties. He can dot the, the outer edge on lefties. I mean, he, he's just, he has great command of it and he's great. Yeah. He's got great no feel for his pitchers. Yeah. No walks exactly. either over course of uh, yeah. three starts and, and number 30 and 30 strikeouts. So, I mean, it's something <laughs> Come that on. <laughs> yeah, hasn't, hasn't been done. I think since they said since, you know, the 1900s, so early 1900s. So, I mean, it's, he's doing historical stuff and I mean, it, it's legit. Maybe hitters start to catch up with him mm-hmm. eventually, but I mean the stuff itself. I mean he's throwing upper nineties, ninety six, ninety seven with that cutter and sinker. The changeup is at ninety miles an hour. Um, you know, in the curveball, his, you know, it's, we, he's got the the two fastballs in the cutter and sinker. But what really kind of separates it is that changeup and curveball because he throws that cutter and that sinker. You know, over fifty percent of the time, sixty percent mm-hmm. of the time, basically against Burns, you're getting some type of fastball. So if you're sitting on that and all of a sudden he throws a change up, <laughs> I mean, you, you just can't adjust to it. I saw yeah. Anthony Rizzo swing at a ball at a change up that, that bounced 10 feet in front of the plate. You know, it, it's just impossible to, to be able to adjust to all that. So mm-hmm. it's definitely legit. You should be worried. He'll probably give up 10 runs tonight now that I've said <laughs> all that. But but no, the, the stuff is the stuff is legit. And, and yeah. Corey Burns, Burns is going to be known as one of the better pitchers in all of baseball by the end of the year. It's it does it really does feel like that though it feels like the very it's the coming out party for Corbin Burns it is the moment when we all realize he's he's really good and we just he's just not super famous yet he's playing walking at the biggest media landscape there necessarily not going to give him as much coverage but definitely seems like a break I mean guys this is a guy who six and a third innings only one hit one run in his first start no walks eleven Ks six innings one hit no runs no walks nine Ks and then six innings two hits. No walks, no runs, 10Ks. I mean, we're talking about like the best current at, in baseball right now, probably next to DeGrom, um, just in terms of the early going. Will he be as good as DeGrom? I don't know. DeGrom is a freak, um, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to go that far. I don't know if this guy's ERA is going to stay at like 0.73, but <laughs> I have to admit, I did watch that start, the the one against Minnesota, which was, you know, I, I talked about in this podcast, the Kershaw-Darvish start was just heavyweight bout. UFC fight night type of uh, great pitchers duel, but the Barrios versus Corbin Burns start was just awesome. And I think they both look good, especially Burns. I think even though Barrios did uh, end up getting the lead on that one and he's Puerto Rican. So I was rooting for him, but <laughs> yeah, um, Burns had a, a no hitter in that one. Yeah. Six innings. And they then, both did. Didn't they both yeah. have a no hitter? Yeah. <laughs> like, and then, I can't remember the last time that happened. That, that yeah. was awesome was stuff. Um, and then Buxton, who's just unreal, you know, bombed him yeah. with a, yeah, uh, home run to start the seventh, and that broke it up. But yeah, that was an unbelievable game. Classic Byron Buxton, who has been my arch nemesis in fantasy baseball for basically five, six years now. I managed to draft him every single year, and I was about to yet again fall for the trap until my friend took him. And then, of course, because yeah. this is how the universe works, this might be his breakout year. This might be yeah. his breakout year, and he's still a good player, even still. Uh, great glove in the outfield, but it's going to be curious to see how he um, holds up. And cut everybody that does it for part one of my discussion with Jake Mastriani of Locked On Brewers. And before we wind things down here on today's podcast, guys, I want to quickly talk to you 
about the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey, is happening right now, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lincoln-Fora, and Brian Ballinger, our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, guys. It's fantastic. It's really fantastic. Be sure to check that out. In terms of the future of this podcast, obviously going to be recapping uh, games for a bit. Uh, Obviously, for the rest of this week, it's going to be game recaps, I think. No other guests on the dock for now. Aside from tomorrow, I'll be posting part two of my chat with Jake Mastriani, and that should be a lot of fun. We talk a little bit more about the Padres. He asked me some some good questions that he has about the team and pertaining to Tatis and kind of the momentum of them. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. Hopefully we get this W tonight. Obviously can't wait for Wednesday's game with the Nelson Lamette start Going to be a real fun one for sure. And still there's other people that I'm reaching out to trying to get other people on the pod. But yeah. That's about it, guys. That about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. And while you're at it, if you don't mind, send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcasts app. I would greatly, greatly appreciate that. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care. 